Hi class, welcome back. You are in the listening chapter. We are in 5.4, Listenable Messages and Effective Feedback. The learning objectives today are to list strategies for creating listenable messages, evaluate messages produced by others using competent feedback, and discuss strategies for self-evaluation of communication. We should not forget that sending messages is an important part of the listening process. Although we often think of listening as the act of receiving messages, that passive view of listening overlooks the importance of message, message construction and feedback. In the following section, we will learn how speakers can facilitate listening by creating listenable messages and how listeners can continue the, the listening process through feedback for others and themselves. Creating listenable messages. Some of the listening challenges we all face would be diminished if speakers created listenable messages. Listenable messages are orally delivered messages that are tailored to be comprehended by a listener. Rubin, 1993. While most of our communication is an oral style, meaning spoken and intended to be heard, we sometimes create messages that are unnecessarily complex in ways that impede comprehension. Listenable messages can be contrasted with most written messages, which are meant to be read. The way we visually process written communication is different from the way we process orally delivered and uh, orally received language. Aside from processing written and spoken messages differently, we also speak and write differently. This becomes a problem for listening when conventions of written language get transferred into oral messages. You may have witnessed or experienced this difficulty if you've ever tried to watch someone else try to orally deliver a message that's been written to be read, not spoken. For example, when students in my classes try to deliver a direct quote from one of their research sources or speak verbatim in a dictionary definition of a word, they inevitably, inevitably have fluency hiccups, like right now, in the form of intended pauses or verbal trip-ups that interfere with their ability to deliver the content. These hiccups uh, consequently make the message difficult for the audience to receive and comprehend. This isn't typically a problem in everyday conversations because when we speak impromptu, we automatically speak in an oral style. We have a tendency, however, to stray from our natural oral style when delivering messages that we have prepared in advance, like speeches. This is because we receive much more training in creating messages to be read than we do in creating messages to be spoken. We are usually just expected to pick up the oral style of communicating through observation and trial and error. Being able to compose and deliver messages in an oral style as opposed to written style is a crucial skill to develop in order to be a successful public speaker. Since most people lack specific instruction in creating messages in an oral rather than written style, you should be prepared to process messages that aren't as listenable as you would like them to be. These strategies for becoming an active listener discussed earlier in this chapter will also help you mentally repair or restructure a message to make it more listenable. As a speaker, in order to adapt your message to a listening audience and to help facilitate the listening process, you can use the following strategies to create more listenable messages. New shorter 
actively worded sentences. Use pronouns, I want to show you. Use lists or other organizational constructions like the problem solution pro-con or compare or contrast. Use transitions and other markers that help a listener navigate your messages. Time markers like today, order indicators like first, second, third, previews like I have two things to say, I'd like to say about that, and reviews like so basically I feel like we should vacation at the lake instead of the beach because. Use examples relative to you and your listeners' actual experiences. Give formal feedback to others. The ability to give effective feedback benefits oneself and others. Whether in professional or personal contexts, positive verbal and nonverbal feedback can boost others' confidence in negative feedback. When delivered constructively, can provide important perception checking and lead to improvements. Of course, negative feedback that is not delivered competently can lead to communication difficulties that can affect a person's self-esteem and self-efficacy. Although we really get, rarely give formal feedback to others in interpersonal contexts, it's important to know how to give this type of feedback as performance evaluations are, a common, are common in the variety of professional, academic, or civic contexts. It is likely that you will be asked at some point to give feedback to another person in an academic, professional, or civic context. By the way, you will in our class. As companies and organizations have moved toward more team-based work environments over the past 20 years, peer evaluations are now commonly used to help assess job performance. I, for example, am evaluated every year by two tenured colleagues, my department chair and my dean. I also evaluate my graduate teaching assistants and peers as requested. Since it's important for us to know how to give competent and relevant feedback, and since the feedback can be useful for the self-improvement of the receiver, many students are asked to complete peer evaluations verbally and or in writing for classmates after they deliver a speech. The key to good feedback is to offer constructive criticism, which consists of comments that are delivered that are specific and descriptive enough for the receiver to, the, to apply them for the purpose of self-improvement. The following guidelines I provide my students for giving feedback, um, and they are also adaptable to other contexts. When giving feedback to others, one, be specific. I often see a lack of specific comments when it comes to feedback on speech delivery. Students write things like eye contact on a peer comment sheet, but neither the student nor I know what to do with the comment. Write a comment like good eye contact or not enough eye contact is more specific. It's not descriptive enough to make it useful. So the next one is be descriptive. And I'd be hard pressed to think of a descriptive comment that isn't also specific because the act of adding detail to something usually makes the point clearer as well. The previous not enough eye contact comment would be more helpful and descriptive like this. You looked at, the, at your notes much uh, more than you looked at the audience during the first 30 seconds of your speech. Be positive. If you're delivering feedback and writing, pretend that you're speaking directly to the person and write in the same way. Comments like stop fidgeting or get more sources wouldn't likely come out during verbal feedback because we know that sounds too harsh. The same tone, however, can be, be communicated through written feedback. 
Instead, make comments that are framed in such a way to avoid uh, defensiveness or hurt feelings. Be constructive. Although we want to be positive in our feedback, comments like, good job, aren't constructive because a communicator can actually take that comment and do something with it. A comment like, you were able to explain our company's new market strategy in a way that even I, as an engineer, could make sense of. That part about our new crisis communication plan wasn't as clear. Perhaps you could break it down in the same way you did the marketing strategy to make it clearer for people like me who are outside the public relations department. This statement is positively framed, specific, and constructive because the speaker can build on the positively reviewed skill by applying it to another part of the speech that was identified as a place for improvement. Five, be realistic. Comments like, don't be nervous, aren't constructive or realistic. Instead, you could say, I know the first speech is tough, but remember we're all in the same situation and we're all here to learn. I tried breathing exercises discussed in the book and they helped calm my nerves. Maybe they'll work for you too. I've also had students make comments like, your accent made it difficult for me to understand you. Which could be true, but may signal a need for more listening effort since we're, we all technically have accents, and changing them, if possible at all, would take considerable time and effort. Be relevant. Feedback should be relevant to the assignment, task, and or context. I've had students give feedback like rad nail polish and nice smile, which although meant as compliments are not relevant in normal feedback unless you're a fashion consultant or a dentist. Give formal feedback to yourself. An effective way to improve our communication competence is to give ourselves feedback on specific communication skills. Self-evaluation can be difficult because people may think their performance was effective and therefore doesn't need critique or they can be, become their own worst critic, which can negatively affect self-efficacy. The key to effective self-evaluation is to identify strengths and weaknesses, to evaluate yourself in the context of the task, and to set concrete goals for future performance. What follows are guidelines that I give to my students for self-evaluation of their speeches. When giving feedback to yourself, identify strengths and weaknesses. We have a tendency to be our own worst critics, so steer away from nitpicking or overfocusing on one aspect of your communication that really annoys you and sticks out to you. It is likely that the focus of your criticism wasn't nearly as noticeable or even noticed at all by others. For example, I once had a student write a self-critique about which 90% focused on how his face looked red. Although that was really salient for him, when we watched his video, I don't think it was a big deal for the audience members. Two, evaluate yourself within the context of the task or assignment guidelines. If you're asked to speak about your personal life in a creative way, don't spend the majority of your self-evaluation critiquing your use of gestures. People have a tendency to overanalyze aspects of their delivery, which usually only accounts for a portion of the overall effectiveness of a message and underanalyze their presentation of key ideas and content. If the expectation was to present complex technical information in a concrete way, you could focus on your use of examples and attempt to make concepts relevant to the listeners. Set goals for the next time. 
Goal setting is important because most of us need a concrete benchmark against which to evaluate our progress. Once goals are achieved, they can be checked off and added to our ongoing skill set, which can enhance confidence and lead to the achievement of more advanced goals. Revisit goals and assess progress at regular intervals. We will not always achieve the goals we set, so it's important to revisit the goals periodically to assess our progress. If you do not meet a goal, figure out why and create an action plan to try again. If you did achieve a goal, try to build on that confidence to meet future goals. And that ends our audio chapter of Listening 5.4. As typical, you are free to take a look at the key takeaways and the exercises as well as the reference on your own. We will see you again for our next chapter, and congratulations for making it through this chapter.